you have to clash with supervision. You have to or nothing will get done. Supervisors can't learn from how to supervise and you can't learn how to respect a supervisor without confrontation. It has to happen. All right, so Adam's back with us and we're doing a, an episode about leadership. So I figured you guys would be too, uh, you knew we were doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you look surprised. <laughs> but also I feel like we were unfair to Adam. I kind of ragged on him a lot. Yeah. Because what happens is, is I go through and get the most experience in podcasting. Sam gets a significant chunk, and you were on your first podcast, and it was... It's horrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it was. So, it was, it was the worst really hour of listening. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was good. I liked it. But, I, well, I just knew the ending was coming, and I knew how bad the ending was. <laughs> Did you so it was it? the whole time I was just waiting for the end. <laughs> Are we doing leadership in the military and police or just one? I said we do both. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we all have military experience, and we've all been on cops for at least seven years now, right? Six or seven. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, does anybody have any cool, uh, cool current events? What do you laugh at? Oh, man. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Adam just had a flashback. It was horrible. Adam did tell a story that was, is, if it was told the correct way, last episode he was on, it would have been really funny, but he fucking butchered. Yeah, it bombed it, you know. So, uh, a deputy in a... Should we bring it up? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay, never mind. He's a good dude. I feel Oh, you know him? him? Yeah. But, you know there's... This yeah, there's two. two. Yeah, there's yeah. two. Alcohol-related incidences. Super nice guy. He's uh, getting charged with a. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know him too, don't you? No. No. Yeah. You guys gotta help me out. I can't start every. Okay. Well, leadership <laughs> in where? Where do let's start out? Leadership in the military or you, leadership you were in a, the cop world? Were you a corporal too in the no, army or just sergeant? Sorry. So you went from specialist to sergeant. Mm -hmm. But from what I gather, right, uh, Lance Corporal in the Marines is about the same as a fuck sergeant in the army. No, Lance is the same as a what? A corporal in the Marines is about the same as an army sergeant. Yeah, but they're, they're E4s. But like as a sergeant, are you a squad leader or a team squad leader? Squad team team leader. Okay, yeah, the corporal for us is a team leader. Right. A, a infantry squad leader would be an E6. Yeah. No. No, an E5. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> but you, there's also... Uh, there's a lot of times like Lance Corporals will end up filling team leader spots, and yeah. I've heard of Lance Corporals leading squads too. So Sam got out of the army as a PFC. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> best of the best. Would you get out as? That's what I was doing this because <laughs> I was going to tell you the story. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, I was uh, a sergeant. Oh, you were a sergeant? Yeah. That's your story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't tell, I can't tell the story. Why? Because. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Edit it out. You have to edit it out. Is it that bad? It's not that bad. It's not bad at all, actually. I, I should have gave you the, uh, the warning ahead of time about my leaderships in the military. Your leadership or yeah. the leader, like your the one that was leading you or your leadership style? Can you style? edit this part out? Yeah, I can edit it whenever I want. Okay. He'll tell you that and then he won't do it. Yeah. I Trust do it. Me. Edit. 
Edit, uh, edit in. <laughs> My fingers are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit, edit in. So <clears throat> as I progressed in the military, we'll talk about leadership in the military, and got older, and for me, I got I took more of like the hippie route of like this stuff is pointless, the things we're doing, and like re- re- are we really risking our lives for this type of stuff? Like... I've seen people that want to risk their lives to get awards and ribbons. And to me, that's stupid. And so I always disagreed with other leadership because it's always what? Mission first, then your guys. And I was always kind of the opposite. I was, fuck the mission. Let's <laughs> go home. Yeah. Let's, be, let's yeah. all go home with our arms and legs. And I know that it can't, and not everybody can be like that in the military because then we wouldn't win wars. We just, mm-hmm. you know, so. Go home. We just go home. <laughs> we wouldn't go to wars. This wars sucks. are so pointless. <laughs> yeah. So that's my leadership. I always cared about my guys, and I didn't really care about the mission. I make sure they were okay because they are doing all the hard labor. They get shit on all the time. They don't get paid as much as you know E7s and yeah. above. So it's like we're shitting on them all the time, and we're what thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand miles away, and uh, so that's why I always cared about my guys. So I I would disagree with other sergeants and things that they do because it was pointless. It's well, pointless a lot of things there. The whole war, well, the Iraq war was pointless. I don't want to get too off track, but yeah. it's kind of hard to gauge because when we were leaders. In the military, everything we did in garrison was fucking stupid, and the wars we fought were stupid. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you were in Afghanistan, so so I that, don't know that, about that. But the, that's where, like, uh, I learned because in Iraq I was, a, you know, just an E four, and when I was in Afghanistan, I was a sergeant. So it was like, you know, responsibilities were different. It's no longer fun because you got to watch over people, and uh, so yeah. I I just I didn't I wasn't a a, a company man. I'm ne- I've never been a company man for anything. No, we know, <laughs> and especially in law Shock. enforcement too. Yeah, just I'm not that type of company guy. I care about people, the, the people that I work with Can in I the re- military. Let me that before the mission, like I said before, three, four, five times. Do you want to hear the story about how I got promoted? Mm. So, I oh. <laughs> so they asked me. <laughs> They asked me if uh, if I was interested in being promoted, and I said, yeah, to E4 to E5. And then they said, uh, are you getting out? Because I was scheduled to get out in February. And I was like, no, I'm not getting out. I'm staying in. And I just told them that. So they, so, you know, and I don't know about Marines or National Guard, but they can only send a select amount of people to the promotion board. So that's why they try to figure out if you're getting out or leaving. So they don't waste it on you. <laughs> ah, and, okay. <laughs> And uh, I told him yes. I went to the promotional board in November. I don't know when I went to the board, but I was pinned E5 in November, and I was out of the Army in February the <laughs> following year. They were so fucking pissed. We do ours. Uh, we have meritorious boards. Where I have no idea how that works. Yeah, what boards? Meritorious. Where like oh. you stand out and you get promoted. I have no idea how that works because I've never been on one. But usually you go, uh, if you reach, the, they call it a cutting score. If you reach a score, then you just get promoted. 
Yeah, uh, National Guard's a point system. Whoever has the most points, and you just have to pass the PT test. Well, and each MOS has a different point requirement, right? Yeah, but and that's what that would sucked in uh, infantry was because they were like six hundreds. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of infantry guys, and a lot of them came from active duty, and they their points were like all maxed out. Gotcha. You were coming with guys that had eight years active duty that were, you know, the Tower Power Ranger. They had all their tabs and squared away guys, and um, they were the ones getting promoted. So I got I got promoted as a actually as a poke. So the day I got promoted was uh, I did security forces first for two years, mm-hmm. and then I hit the fleet. And the infantry guys don't like the security force guys because we go through infantry school, we get the infantry MOS, but we're we're not hey, infantry. Hey, can the- you? Is he talking in the mic enough? Am I talking in the mic enough? Hey, Adam's like this, so I'm, I'm hoping. Is it good? You don't have to talk loud. You can just talk directly into right. it. So uh, they don't like the security force guys because they're pogs coming into the infantry as infantry. Uh, MOS. Then when you come in, you're usually coming in as a corporal. I came in the my first day in the fleet. First day was uh, my pinning ceremony. But I re- I remember telling you he so he had to do two years in security forces for some fucking reason, and then he went to the fleet, which is a line. The line unit. Okay. okay, so he goes and he was going in as a supervisor, and I remember telling you, study, study, study. It was my at, first, the first day I got there, I got promoted. At least know your shit, yeah. Because the guy, you can't help the experience, but like not being on the line when all those dudes were, but you can at least know your stuff, and you you study. They have but. security uh, forces, so it's not like uh like the air force security no, it's not forces. Air force security forces. We we guard, which is a joke. Yeah, we guard strategic weapons, and we we stay in an area where no one else has access to, and it's we don't have any arrest or authority like that. One thing, can we talk about that? I love it, and I don't mean to shit on anybody. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's not my fucking fault they didn't do it. Let's talk about how pogues don't like they will call each other pogues, and it's like, dude, you know you're a pogue, and they're like, I'm not a pogue, and you're like. It's personnel other than grunt. If yeah. you weren't infantry, you are by definition a oh, poke. Has attached to the infantry. <laughs> and I'm not saying not they might have done some cool things. Sometimes you get attached to units and you do some wild missions, but it doesn't change anything. No. It's like trying to say you're a. Well, it's like, <laughs> I was thinking that earlier. <laughs> it's like you can't just tell, like, force people to believe you or or, or call you not a poke. But well, I had a buddy up in Virginia. He created a. I think he kind of quit doing it, but on the side, he started a shirt company called Pogue Preference. He started a strip company? No, a shirt. Shirt. T-shirt. Shirt company. <laughs> called Pogue Preference. Kind of like grunt style. sassy today, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but he, taking ownership of being a Pogue instead of trying to. That's, that's I well, I get, no. I don't think they would think that's cool. Like the what's the most popular shirt is that grunt style. style. God, I hate that shirt. I heard, I heard a civilian at work call somebody a pogue. They were talking about a, a tow truck driver, and I I don't think he understood where the word came from. But he was talking about a tow truck driver and how there was an issue with the deputies and that tow truck driver. And he was like, "Yeah, and that that fucking pogue, his pogue ass." I'm like, "What just happened?" <laughs> Like <laughs> maybe it's a um like a <clears throat> it's becoming a term of like you're you're not a a grunt a grunt yeah. is you know the yeah hard worker yeah Although, and hmm. so maybe that's what they're referring to it as so all right let's kick this episode in a hybrid drive okay but we were talking about leadership yeah sorry I got off track yeah you so leadership 
<laughs> you can't just say the word over. So you just leadership. Force it, yeah. <laughs> come on, what guys, makes come a, on, how about guys. this? What makes a good leader? By example. By example. And have done done there's some things you can't help, which was your call. Yeah. You you sometimes you cannot help that you haven't done that specific thing mm-hmm. that you're asking your guys to do, but show them that you'll do it. Yeah. Um, and show them that you will go in there and do it with them. What I you, did when I came into that spot is I, I had one guy who was uh, had one deployment underneath him and two guys brand new. And pretty much I grabbed the one guy and said, like, treated him as kind of a senior guy. I said, show me what to do and I'll look out for you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fuck them other guys. But well, a lot I, people- I had actually a really good team. My guy, he understood that I wasn't coming in here trying to. Yeah, and that's a huge thing because I know in, a, in a police and big agencies in law enforcement, People are afraid to promote too early because they can't get enough lateral experience under their belt. Yeah. Right? They can't like, oh, I know I want to be a detective before I promote. So that way, if I am, I, if I'm a sergeant and I go to a detective unit, I'll know what I'm doing there. And I think I used to believe that. And then I think that's that's a load of shit, because if you know, if you're a good leader, you there's no reason why you can't walk into a room of people that are really good at doing something. And go, I have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. And no idea, but I know what our mission is, and I need you guys to help get me on track because that's humbling yourself to them. You, you tell them like I, I got to do paperwork. I'm here for this, this, and that. This is my mission, or this is my part in our mission. But you know, I, I need you guys to help get me to speed yeah. on this. And you know, if they don't, then fuck them. Get rid of those guys. Yeah. And bring in. But I mean, that's I. You know what I'm saying? Well, I well, look, Adam's here, and I kind of disagree with that because I like a leadership. To have the experience in certain fields, hence why they are a leader. Like when I in the military, there was a lot of sergeants, and they all had, you know, airborne school, air assault school. They already had their deployment. They already knew a lot. So I, I know, I was looking up to them. I wouldn't, I don't, know, I don't, I wouldn't look up to a cherry as much as a guy who's experienced. Well, yeah, he's experienced, but not in specifically in that field. So well, I, I think with like big law enforcement agency, there's there's so much you're not going to get experience in every little thing. Yeah, I think but as long I, as I would prefer, and I've noticed that sergeants or supervisors that you know were gung ho. This is where I've my opinion. They were good FTOs. They were like proactive dudes. Then they became detectives, and then eventually became sergeants. Those have always been the best supervisors I had, and. Could that be just because they stuck around for a while before promoting? Maybe. I don't know. So I just felt like it's through experience because I feel like in the law enforcement world, you, leadership you, is way different than as the military. You brought that up before, though. I think it was you when you said a good supervisor needs to have experience in that because they can't help, they can't yeah. help you throughout your career. Mm-hmm. If they're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Because the, the, in law enforcement, you can now promote like alarmingly yeah. early. like. Was it like three years I or some three shit? Or four. It and it also depends on the needs of the place you're working yeah, for, that's true. how desperate they are, and yeah. what they got to do. So I, you can have a year where a guy was a corporal for a year and then got sergeant just because he tested good, and then you can have one year where every it's a hardcore competition yeah. to get that spot. So I uh, right before I left my last agency, corporal spots opened up, and I was just barely qualified. So I, I was thinking about putting in, and a guy pulled me aside and was like, "You, 
you want to be a corporal? I was like, yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. You want to be a corporal? He's like, have you ever worked a shooting call? Small town. No, I've never. He goes, what is gonna, what's going to happen when you have a shooting call? You have to run that scene as a corporal. Uh, I don't know. He goes, what about vehicle pursuits? Like, that vehicle well, pursuit, you have if to you learn. don't terminate it and it crashes, you're going to have to answer questions. You're going to be able to answer those questions. Like, it's more than just being a corporal. Because at night, you were the highest ranking person. You could be a corporal. Mm-hmm. work in the whole town he's like so that's all on you that's a lot of responsibility and liability you sure you're ready for it and i was three or four years in. i was like yeah no uh, i'm not ready for this so i decided not to wisely and i that kind of stuck with me like if, if you're not ready to run all those types of calls if you can't like i said before help out your guys below you because you, you're big on uh your team underneath you if you can't help them if you can't help yourself if you don't know what you're doing you can't help your guys below you mm-hmm. that's correct I think in law enforcement, I'm not saying do everything, yeah. but you should. To be a sergeant, I think you should have been at least an FTO and a yeah. detective in your in your career. As a, I, I can tell the difference being because I've been a street cop for 10 years. Yeah. I can see the difference. And I went through many sergeants, and the best ones I had were all detectives at one point. A lot of uh, supervisors are seeing you ask them a question they don't know, some seasoned ones. They'll pick up the phone and call a buddy. Yeah, Ramsey does that all the time. He's got, he's well connected to where he knows somebody closely yep. in every unit. And that and that that's just his time. You're not gonna get and, that in the brand. And, and you don't have to go the official route of calling yep. them. You can just phone a buddy and be like, Is this the route I need to go? And they say yes. And then you put it in the And then you let your the guy below you tell him how to do it and he's doing it the right way now instead of you guys both guessing. Well and in law enforcement, the uh the the buck doesn't stop. Is that the right it doesn't stop with patrol. It like it, the the whole thing that you're doing most likely has to go to some kind of investigative yeah. unit. So, making sure that it goes from the dumbass street cop, which is us, to a detective that, I mean, I talk a lot of shit all the time, but it's kind of imperative that they have everything that they need yeah. in order. I mean, and they they go through and do their own investigation again, but they they know who are the shitty report writers the shitty investigators versus the guy who hands them a a nice little platter but then that so my argument with that is that comes on the supervisor Mm. that report leadership yeah that report goes on the supervisor so he should have the experience as a detective oh i remember these reports coming in so i have to change this for the detective so i'm going to kick it back to my guy and educate him hey you know this is a domestic uh, this is not a person. Got to be more than one <laughs> one paragraph. Yes. So well, that's where I th- think experience helps out because if you don't have the experience, you're not going to know what they're looking for. Did you guys, uh, you guys ever remember how long has it been s- since the military for y'all when you get a uh, brand new butter bar? And did you guys ever experience yeah. that? Oh, I oh no, we wouldn't get a butter bar. We would get a first lieutenant. Which oh, I is, got a butter bar. They ha- they would have to do their they would have to go to like do staff or something until they got their. I th- so I totally disagree with officers in the military. <laughs> that is, and our cousin is uh is an officer yeah. in the Marine Corps. And he, he was, well, he wasn't scared. He wanted to make sure he went in there not looking like an idiot. He wanted he, so I remember. I don't know if he hit you up, but he hit me up asking like, "Hey man, I'm going to my unit. Like, what do I need to do? Like, how how can I make these guys respect me and not hate me?" And I was like, "Don't act like you know everything." Yeah, well, I've had like maybe. Out of 20 lieutenants, 
one or two that were actually legit, and they just sat back and let the platoon sergeant run everything because yeah. the platoon sergeant's been in for 17, 20 years. <laughs> the lieutenant is 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, and for a kid, you're a kid. You're a nobody. Yeah. You're a cherry. And you're telling me. I, I, I think it's the biggest scam. I uh, When I hit the fleet, the our butter bar brought me and my uh, the other corporal who got there with me. Brought us into a room. He's like, "Hey, uh, you need to listen to me over all these other guys. These guys are gonna talk about their experience and like they know something." He goes, "But I have, I have more schooling and training than any of the guys here, so trust me, I know what I'm talking about." Mm. Dude didn't even make it to our deployment. They kicked him out of our company. He was so oh, bad. Shit. Yeah, he kept I, getting us <clears throat> lost on land nav. Well, like, well, yeah, well, that's stereotypical. Yeah, but <laughs> well, it, well, yeah, I think that in good leaders should have respect for their people below them and the experience. Once you're humble, yeah. How many humble leaders or supervisors you had that everybody loved them? And they started protecting him and doing everything yeah. for him. Have you guys doing the extra mile, making them look good? Yeah. Have you? Uh, fuck, what I was gonna say. Mm. Kendra, Kendra has a microphone now. Yeah. <laughs> Kendra, can you go closer to the mic? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I saw that. But it looked like it was like a mostly reserve agency. I think. He, I think he's like a, the only full time member. Is it a political thing? Yeah. There you go. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that, I, I think he's wow, he's a one man to agency <laughs> with like reserve people. But yo, um, but as far as uh, like, okay, so we were in the military first. We were in the military. I don't want to say back when it was like. It's definitely different than it is now. Maybe ten or twelve years ago for us. Mm-hmm. I got out in 2012. Got out in 2016. The uh, the like, and we were in the infantry, which is another animal of the military. And I had a guy. I our supervision would like. I remember when I was a young kid, and I had a big mouth. I still got a big fucking mouth, but I had a. I didn't have a leash on it, and I had one. I remember his name was Staff Sergeant Topom. He was Native American, but he had tattoos like a cholo. And he put me in a closet. Not put me in a closet. <laughs> he put, you want to sit over here, Sam? He shut the he shut the door, and he just was like, "Do you want to fight?" And I, he's like, "Cause that's where this is going." Now, mind you, this guy was fucking huge at the time, but he was like, I, "We're gonna fuck." What's up, everybody? Tyler here from the Anti Hero Podcast, and I'm selling out for an ad. However, none of this would be possible on the audio platforms without Spotify for podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters allows me to record, edit, and distribute to all audio platforms for the Antihero Podcast. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, all you need is a mic and a computer. Hell, I don't even think you need that. I think you literally just need your phone. Spotify for Podcasters is for you, so give them a try. Fight right now. I'm going to beat your ass. I was like, is this allowed? (laughs) But I mean, it was different. I mean... I mean, we've talked about it before, even smoke sessions, like yeah. getting the ball smoked Well, off. the military uses negative reinforcement to make you better. No disagreement? No. Oh, okay. uh, what, what do you mean? <laughs> negative <laughs> reinforcement is, hey, you failed this, you're a piece of shit, you suck, do push-ups. That's negative reinforcement. What's positive reinforcement? You did a good job, you're Yeah, or this, this was an opportunity moment for you. Yes, but negative, like, remember in going to qualify, like, I I thought the scariest thing was to fail a qualification. 
Yeah. That yeah. That's negative. Oh, I got a good story about that too. I'll try to make it quick. I just told a story. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Yes. The military uses negative reinforcement. I don't know what law enforcement uses for leadership. I think it just depends on who the they use. Uh, whoever will take the fucking test. <laughs> yeah. But I have a good story about the range. All right. So oh, okay. it was um. Okay, everybody pay attention. Well, it, okay. It was it was in basic training. <laughs> we were all going to the range, and we had drill sergeants, right? And we and apparently we had our head drill sergeant who was not on board with this plan. But we had some drill sergeants that they were trying to teach us how to uh, survive, kind of. And we had 40-round qualification course. We were given 40 rounds of ammunition. And they're like, you're an idiot if you lay there to go shoot and there's eight rounds loose laying on the ground if you don't fucking put them in your mag. They're trying to teach you how to be a, like think. Yeah. You know. So I remember one time. One time I was laying there shooting, and the, this drill sergeant was like kicking them to me. He's like, "Here, pick up these rounds. Go, go, go!" And you know they're trying to teach you how to, you know, cheat essentially. Well, the head drill sergeant found out about it, and he's all about integrity, and he lost his fucking marbles, and he quit. Like he left the trail. He quit being a drill sergeant. We had to get another one and promote, and they promoted somebody to the all over that because it was an integrity thing because yeah. the military is big and like police work is big on integrity. That was my story. That, yeah, it was, I mean, but I do see, it's kind of like what we talk about with like raising kids. Like we yeah. talk about Eli, like let's say Eli's 10 minutes late to his curfew, right? And he looks in the window, he sees I'm busy, he sees Kendra's busy. Um, I would commend him getting into the house some way without us finding out. You know, yeah, like it, it's a problem solving. You know, it's a problem solving mentality to have. Yeah, but then if you catch them, yeah, it's fair game. <laughs> yeah, but and your drill sergeant caught you. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got pulled in. They did a whole investigation. We got uh, questioned. Really? Yeah. We wow. came to our. Group. I remember all, all my drill sergeants were from the one seventy third, and they were all like friends, and uh, that was a nightmare because it was like friends. Being drill sergeants, <laughs> so they get to haze all these people. Can we agree that uh, just because you're in the military does not mean you're going to be a good leader? I believe that even if you're in the military, it doesn't make you a good person. Yeah. Well, I just I, <laughs> I feel like that's a stereotype that people think when they hire veterans. No. Like, oh, he's you know a veteran. He's going to be a good leader. Fucking former military we work with. That yeah. Are, like, I mean... I don't know if it's maybe it's people think that about me, but <laughs> fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> well, the military is not people. If you're smart and you got college, why would you go to the military? That's what I never understood with officers either. You got college. You can go make great money and not. They make pretty good money, get some good benefits. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the military's full of dum dums. There are smart people in the military. Yeah, there is always like that. But the military is essentially just the dum dums. That's why they they uh, recruit in lower income areas and recruit people like me. I was a dropout. You were a dropout. Mm-hmm. I was a high school dropout. Did you get a GED? Mm-hmm. And it was an army program. <laughs> that got you the GED. Yeah. <laughs> After you were already in the army. No, they, so you get the GED and then you join the army. And twenty thousand dollars. Are you guys gonna promote in uh, law enforcement? I don't know. 
Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't think it's... It hasn't I, crossed I, my I, mind. Yeah, it's like pretty... It seems more stressful. It's just... Liability, too. That's all it is. It's like liability because you have... I think... We're getting worse and worse deputies yeah. and officers. So. I think the sergeant across the board, military and law enforcement... Yes, it's a good spot. They get overtime and good yeah. pay, but I think it's like the worst supervisor spot. No, at least in the Marine Corps, corporal was the worst because you go, so you're the lance corporal, you're the senior guy, and you're not doing all the bitch work, and then all of a sudden you promote the corporal, so now you're back in the bottom of the bitch list for the people, for the tasks that can't go to the regular guys. It has to be an NCO. The sergeants aren't going to do it, and if you're the brand new corporal, now you're doing it, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I think corporal and sergeant in police work on the road has got to be the worst fucking It's It's got to be stressful I mean, because you have the lieutenant telling you what to do, and then you're taking care of in patrol. It's always rookies. Well, and where we work in an agency, there are there's areas that are well-liked to work, preferred zones and yeah. district sectors, whatever you want to call it, that are preferred to work. And then there are ones that are really busy. And you get home, like you do that drive home where you have no music on and you just stare because of how your brain's just dead. And I mean, those supervisors go, okay, because like my biggest thing is there's an area where we work where um, they're having a lot of trouble keeping people to stay there because you don't have to stay where you are. You can transfer around. If you're, if you work for a big agency, you can go to the nice places and work there. You don't have to work the hood or, you know, work the crazy busy areas, but they can't keep officers there. The officers, as soon as they can, they leave. They're they're losing the stigma of the busy areas being the best areas. Well, it's that they're, they're losing people. And so it's, it's very easy. This is a morale issue Yeah, and you can't have good morale when your supervision comes and uh, goes, yeah. it's a rotating door of supervisors because they're on the radio. Get me a bird. Get me canine. Uh, just you know, and and so the deputies are brand new. And once the deputies can or the officers, whatever, can leave, they leave and they go to a nicer area. So it's a rotating door of new law enforcement officers, making it a rotating door because the supervisors are pulling their hair out, and they'll tell you as soon as I can, I'm out. As yeah. soon as I can get out of here, I'm out. So, all right, well, I'm not going to want to work very hard for you. That doesn't build any morale. Yeah. That doesn't make us close as a squad. And all you got to do is have morale. Cops will stick around, which will make supervisors want to stick around, or at least not jump ship immediately. Because mm-hmm. you can have a squad full of people that know what they're doing, and they, they start working for you. Rather than you having to babysit every step of the way, you trust your guys to get the job done, and it makes your job easier. I think it's crazy. That you'll see guys leave great units that, that they've been to for years and go back to the road or mm-hmm. go to a different unit just because, because of leadership. leadership. You're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leadership is le- leadership's huge in law enforcement. Yeah. And it's that's what's uh, sucky about it. Cause like once you get like somebody, I've had bad leaders and I was miserable. You transferred yeah. because of your leadership. I think also leadership, you might be good at like a midnight squad with brand new guys. And then you come to a different squad, like a smaller squad where you're kind of working with them and everything. You have to completely change how you supervise. You're, I get with you got to be a little micromanaging with new guys because they don't know what they're doing, checking on them and stuff like that. Like we used to have to uh, send our supervisors our reports before we book someone in the jail. But now 
you can't take that attitude and bring it to a senior squad mm-hmm. with guys well, who have been doing it forever. Well, well they do. And yeah. that's why they don't it doesn't work yeah. because me and Sam, actually we've all had the same supervisor at one point or another. This this one particular one where she uh she I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to say her name. She will force people out if they don't go by her way. It's her way I, or the highway. She, she will tell you that. Yeah, she will say, I, I'm trying to get this person off the squad. Yeah, so she and she is a kiss the ring leader, whereas if you kiss the ring and you bow down, she's like Xerxes. Like, I'm a generous sergeant. I, would, I will give you everything you want. As so long as I, I went against the grain, and I, I, I was consistent with it. You were one of the 300. The yes, originals. I went about <laughs> However... I did have my own incident with family leave, and she did take care of me in that portion. But prior to that, I was always against the grain, and I was an outsider there. But what for me, I'm, I, I'm, I'm uh, confident in my job. I feel like I'm knowledgeable, and then I've been doing it a while that I'm not scared to go against the grain. As long as I follow the policy and do my job, yeah, you can't gig me. But, however, I will defend when I had my, she did take care of me. I guess, yeah, well. But I did, I didn't, you know, I did, I never, I, I maintained my ship of, you know, I'm not going to bow down to these, you know, stupid stats and stupid yeah. ways of law enforcement. Well, but these, these supervisors, then they leave the road because that supervisor told, so we, I showed up there. I had prior from another agency, right? I had three years prior law enforcement experience. She told us in our first briefing, because there was some other guys that were brand new with me that had experience. She goes, I don't know you. I don't trust you. And I'm not going to treat you any different than somebody that's day one in law enforcement. That was her first words to me. I was like, And then she would try, we would do a basic, basic arrest and I'd be and she would tell me I don't care what's going on you're gonna send me your report the power move she was trying to make me obey and then as soon as I said <laughs> she would have been like no you're good but I yeah. refused I probably should <laughs> <laughs> we're treading we're treading water here <laughs> that was in treading water there See, that was the military in you to do something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> Anyways. But there are people that, that love that supervisor. And they, but they're not they're not go they're not Alright, I'm gonna fucking say the A word. They're not alpha mentality people. They are not. I'm telling you, the people that love those types of supervisors, you have to clash with supervision. You have to or nothing will get done. Supervisors can't learn. From how to supervise, and you can't learn how to respect a supervisor without fucking confrontation. It has to happen, right? But if you don't give your supervisor confrontation at all, they're just going to turn into this fucking like succubus of an awful person that makes you want to not go to work. And when you're the only one that gives that supervisor some fucking pushback, it's easy to single you out, and then they can make the other ones afraid by befriending them and saying don't be like sam yeah Move. look I, how much i give sam look how bad sam's life is in the squad do any of you want that and they're like no and then i'll, I'll agree with the most part but if you have a really good supervisor i have i've had good supervisors that they want you to do something i guess stupid something you don't want to do or whatever but 
because they treat you good. Yeah, they're you can do you can you, do a little you, something you for do them. Extra for them. Yeah, you start to take care of them. Yeah, I had a in the Marine Corps. I had a sergeant, and for some reason, no one liked him because he. Whoa! <laughs> that's Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. People, people didn't like him that much because he was waking us up. Uh, Is this in the military? Yeah, he was uh, making sure we Marines. got up early. He was. He was yeah, Adam was in the Marines. Yeah, yeah. he told us three times. Make sure. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he pretty much kept everybody accountable when they wanted to be lazy, but he was, and he was very strict. However, uh, I was driving a Bearcat one day, and I came up to a spot. And where you couldn't see right in front of you, mm-hmm. I let off the brake, and right in front of me was an electrical box that was worth three hundred dollars, and I crushed it. Mm-hmm. And so we went and told him and everything, and uh, the captain was trying to like trying to screw me hard, trying to NJP me, trying to get me in a lot For of trouble. An accident? Yeah. Yep. Well, okay. well I mean, Lance I, I, Corporal, I get it. If you were, if you were drunk, yeah, or it, being, we were uh, responding negligent. to an alarm. So we were actually like working, like it wasn't like just random. So the captain was like, "Well, he's if we're not gonna NJP him, he's gonna pay the three hundred dollars." Lance Corporal, man, I didn't have money. So that that same sergeant came out to me and said, uh, "Hey, we understand three hundred dollars is a lot for Lance Corporal. We understand it's an accident. Come up with a hundred, and me and Staff Sergeant got the other." And this sergeant that people, he was one of the guys that would always look after you. He like. He kept you accountable and everything, but did you ever? Did you tell everybody else from then on you ain't driving that fucking? Bear no, because so I had a cap. <laughs> the captain was blown because a billet I had another captain who was really good, and he kind of brushed everything under the rug. Remember when you got in away. trouble for cheeseburgers? Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't a troublemaker, but because I wasn't a troublemaker in high school, I didn't know how to get away from the little trouble. So I would do the same thing everybody else did. I just always got fucking caught. Adam was in. Adam had a job where he guarded nuclear. Or strategic power weapons. Plants. I don't. We don't know what they were. Okay. Anyways, they were pretty big. They had to have. They have to have a set MOS in the Marine Corps to guard them. That's how big. <clears throat> and you're not supposed. To, you have to have like a top secret clearance to get it. I can't remember. But you're not supposed. It was. But it was right when Snapchat came out. Yeah. And Adam took a Snapchat because they were eating good. So and the Navy cooked for us, and they would all, they cook horrible. Oh, you went and found the food and well, made they, it. They knew we did. The Navy chefs were like, hey, at nighttime, because we were living in the area when we were on post. So they're like, hey, the fridge is open. If you guys want food, just you guys had to make it. So everybody did it. Well, I sent a Snapchat saying like grilling hamburgers or something like that. That's all it was. You couldn't tell where we were at, nothing. And this spot, we were allowed to have our phone, but the other post, you're not. So it just happened to be I was friends with one of the chefs on Snapchat one that knew we did that, and he, for some reason, he sent out the chain of command. So the Navy's like, they're stealing our fucking food. The Marine Corps is like, why has he got a phone? Even though, like, that was kind well, of. You like, weren't supposed to have your phone, but we everybody were, did. Yeah, that spot we were allowed to have our phone. It was just kind of like, I don't know if we were. It was like unsaid. Everybody brought their phone to that mm-hmm. spot, but not the other spot. And uh, luckily, it, my punishment was cleaning the kitchen for a week because no one really knew what the rules were. So they just kind of like made me clean the kitchen. Well, yeah, for I a mean, week. like that's that stuff better than putting paper. On yeah, hundred percent. So I just got uh, another time there. I got NJP because the same thing. Everybody sleeps at midnight to six. You, you, can you um, explain to the viewers, listeners, what an NJP? Non call Sam. Non judicial punishment. So is that like Article Fifteen? It's something that can no. be court martialed, but is doesn't no. meet the. The kind of like it's 
not that serious, so they handle it outside what, the judicial. What's system. the Marine Corps Article Fifteen? I don't know if it'd be NJP or counseling. No, it's mm, something no, it's else. Like, no, it's an, it might be an NJP. No, yeah, you're an well, you, you can get. So you get your loss of pay, loss, loss of pay. rank. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was uh, something else because I remember restriction to the that. barracks. All yeah. those are possible. Yep. So, so that's the NJP. Yeah. Damn, bro, you got so, that. Yeah, so because everybody slept on midnights. There's guys that oh like, sleeping on well, shit. What a dirtbag. <laughs> there was guys <laughs> that literally missed waking up the next shift because they were sleeping. You've got fire guard. <laughs> fire watch. Fire watch. It's fire guard, right? Firewatch. Fire we call yeah. it Firewatch. Oh, okay. God, we used to have this thing in the army where, if you're doing any type of training, somebody has to be awake at all times. You can't. Not everybody can be asleep. So you would have to do this rotation of somebody. It's usually thirty minute shifts to an hour, and like based on your rank and seniority, is when if you had to do a shift, you would get a good hour before, or a good hour you'd wake up an extra. But there is most of the time you had to get up at like fucking in the middle of the night. It'd yeah, it was like the, the worst shift was in the middle, the three to four or yeah. the four to five, because everybody woke up at, at five. Yeah, uh, it'd be freezing cold. You had to put on your boots. If you didn't want to be a shit bag, you had to get battle ready to defend against an enemy attacker. So you with no least, ammo in your M60, you at least had to be awake to wake everybody up. And, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, and there would always be this. You just wake up. And there'd just be this guy standing over you with a flashlight. He's like, you got fire guard. Yeah. And you're like, with the red and, light. With the and, red and, light. And they wouldn't make sure. You're supposed to make sure they get up. No, you go to bed. They would just go to bed. And God forbid they go to bed and you go and pass back out. Oh, one time it happened. That's cool. Tell your story. I didn't finish my story. Um, oh, man. Is my, is that my dog? No, that's no, your dog. Get out. Get out. Go, go, go. Um, she's like a philosopher raptor. There was this one time. Uh, it, it, people would, you're not so another thing is to is not swap because what's listed on the paper is who's uh, get held accountable. If you swap with someone and that person fucks it up, is that, it's not like, Oh, well, you it's on you. Yeah. And there was one time we all, we were all in the, we were all in the woods doing, and I remember waking up and I checked my watch and it was like nine in the morning and I'm like. <laughs> And there was one other dude that was laying there. And it's like, you don't know what to do. Because what you want to do is get everybody up slowly and then make the sergeant look like he slept in like a shit bag. But then somebody was supposed to wake him up. So uh, we're fucked no matter what. Yeah. That was a good time. So anyways, for mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, when I got NJP'd for it, we had, we were intertwined with the Navy's chain of command. The Navy was all like, all their guys were trying to they're trying to hammer me you need punch to crawl when you do that <laughs> my uh what i could face was 45 days restriction of the barracks i think two months loss half pay and then loss of rank and that's what they all want i sat in the meeting with them and all the navy people and some marines were like he needs the fullest punishment i had one staff sergeant he just stood up and goes he fell fell asleep they all do it it's what happens so there's we all did it. That shouldn't be. They they all did it. Everybody does yeah. it. I mean, no matter what, in fire guard, fire watch. At one point, you doze off. So I got a. Uh, be, I I think it's because of him. They gave. They took forty five, or not forty. They gave me uh, two months half pay or whatever it was. Pro, or I was on like probation for six months for loss of rank and uh, the restriction of the barracks. The team leader, he's the only one who lost rank and. I was supposed to be the team leader, but I did. 
I was the only one with the Bearcat license, so the other guy had to be the team leader. It <laughs> <laughs> sucks to suck. What but. was the Bearcat for? Uh, it's just what we drove in the area. They were like, they're like, um, I don't want to call it a SWAT. It is. It's what the SWAT team has. It's like the Air Force has like this. They're not special operations. They kind of act like it because a lot of units in the military and in law enforcement, I notice they get like some of them do no combat whatsoever and have the best gear. Like a, we didn't have the best. Gear. Like we our NVGs. We had to hold to our eyes. We didn't have mounts. Like Moon's unit. <laughs> He's, he, uh, he wouldn't talk about his branch of service for whatever reason. I don't know why. Well, he had a long story, so you got to get there. We, he, didn't, he purposely didn't want to talk about what branch of service he was in. Oh, he was okay. like, no, I can't name it. And then he went on this long... So I don't know if there's a reason why, but his, he was in a unit. It was small. The Coast Guard's got a lot of money, and it was a small unit. They wonder got, what you wonder what Oh, shit. Was. <laughs> But and then there's the the Air Force has this like tactical response SWAT. No, where I don't know. That what are you talking about? Like their specialized units? No, Air Force has. A, they have the security forces. Yeah, that's their MPs. Yeah. yeah. No, no. But then there's a. Uh, the Air Force has the pararescues. Look, look it up on here, Dogre, D A G R E. You're gonna feel like an idiot. Dog. D A G R E. That's the Air Force? Yeah. D A G G R E. Air. Okay, there something comes up. Deployed aircraft ground response element. Oh, yeah. They're the guys. Are they the guys that go uh, do exactly what I just said they did? <laughs> well, that's uh, when an aircraft goes down, they're the ones that go in, right? Uh, no, I think they're base security. Oh, really? No, these guys are like, these are base security. Oh. oh. Let me see. I'm trying to click on it right now to talk about it. All I remember in Iraq was that the Air Force, they stayed on base, and they kept the Army and the Marines away from the good areas. When I was, at, like a good I was on the Air Force base in Spain, and they made an NCO with the Marine Corps ride with the one one per officer because they knew the Marines weren't going to listen to the Air Force. So, of course, anyway, the so Marines don't. Yeah, we'll get back to leadership. My dog's just staring at me. Hmm. Law enforcement you? leadership or military leadership doesn't matter. I mean, these are I. We could tell stories like yeah. Yeah, we can go on for days in the military, but military, I liked it was a lot of the leaders, the supervisors, those guys. So <clears throat> when I joined in, all those, pretty much all my sergeants were like 03 vets. They were like the OGs, and they had a ton of experience. Mm -hmm. Article 15s, uh, DUIs. They were just, they were, but they were they, they older by dudes, and they took <laughs> care of everybody. And so that's what I thought a, you know, a good leader was. And then when I went to law enforcement, it changed. But I had, when my first place I worked at, every single sergeant I had was awesome. I didn't have one bad sergeant at the first place I worked at. Yeah, I will say leadership in the military is a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Because, like, leadership is credible. It's like the dudes, like, fist fight. They they do I don't know. It's like the military world is way different than the law enforcement yeah, world. Yeah, well, I mean. Well, and the leadership is different. 
I would say in, well, this is not military, for law enforcement, I noticed, because I worked for small cities, those sergeants were awesome because they they did everything in the police department yeah. at one point. And so they were super knowledgeable when it came to a lot of stuff because they weren't just, they didn't specialize in just, you know, domestics. They were general detectives and they did everything. And they had to go through everything. Like, <clears throat> In my last place, you had to have a certain amount of classes, a certain amount of things to do to become a, a supervisor. My first uh, FTO, he's actually a sergeant when I had him. He's now the chief. Um, he, he knew I wanted to try to start getting towards narcotics. Mm -hmm. But he's like, before you get, he's like, before you like just dive into that, he's like, you need to become a good call taker, become good at traffic, become good at DUIs. Become good at everything so you're well-rounded and then find what you want to do. He goes, don't just turn your back to everything else because you want to go one way. Like, you need to become well-rounded altogether. Have you ever done a DUI? Yeah. Have you ever mm -hmm. done a DUI? Oh, yeah. When it, at the first it, place, I don't want to name names, but the first place, it wasn't as um, active as where we're at now. So we did a lot of those things. And, you know, one of my sergeants was like, hey, if you want to get trial time, and beat the fear of speaking in front of a trial and attorneys, DUIs all day. Because in our city, they have the money to fight those DUIs. It's funny. Where I came from, we had to go to trial for pretty much everything. Like Even mm. they plead guilty, they waited till the cop got there to be like, okay, yeah, we're going to plead to see if you want to show up. Yeah. But as though I never had to do a DUI trial. But down here, I've assisted with them. I've only done one down here. I've assisted with a few other ones, and they all go to trial. Yeah. Well, I would say trial makes you a way better cop because oh, that, that's where they pick apart your report, yeah. pick apart this and everything. And then I learned from oh. the trial is, or even seminars, just to make the cop. Oh, damn it. <laughs> all right. I'll get it. I'll edit it. He, he, he said, up. don't. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no. Uh, now he said the name of the agency. Yeah. Sorry. So for the, the places I worked, um, trials just making the cop look bad. Yeah. It's not even about the crime at this point. So as long as you keep professional and know your stuff. But I learned that through the small places, not the big places. Because yeah. you always go to trial. So that's why I think leaders in law enforcement should have something in each field. Well, okay. So we've been talking a lot about supervisors, but do you think... There's a lot of leaders in law enforcement, like leaders. I think what what's unfortunate about law enforcement is when they get to that point of their career, they have 15 years in, they just want to survive yeah. and get to the retirement. So then that's where the CYA comes in, that they're mm -hmm. scared to do everything. That's true. It's because you just worked your whole life, and then you want to make it to the retirement. This is an unpopular, unpopular opinion is you have to change when you get promoted. You don't have to change your beliefs and everything, but you do have to change some. It gets, As, it gets like you're talking like it gets like just more political. Political CYA, like as a sergeant or something, you're looking out for your guys on your squad only. Come to a lieutenant, you're looking out for all the squads. You get higher, you start looking at, and then covering yourself because you become more liable. You're eventually you're the top guy where it's all on you versus you can. I still think though. Even even at a captain level, you can be a cops cop. You lose yes. a lot of what you can do based off what you're saying right now. You can still be a cop. Like, 
My my thing is you still look out for your guys, but you might not let them do as a captain. You might not okay some things that a sergeant would well, okay. And, and also, so I will, well, real quick, but you captain, don't throw them under the bus. Is that like a an at will type thing for? I have no idea. Uh, uh, like, no, I, I think it's higher than that. It's You're talking it's about a, for like uh, no, not to be fired. That hey, you're no longer a captain anymore. You're going to be a lieutenant now or something like, or I'm replacing no you idea. with somebody else. I I don't know about that because. I feel like as you get higher, higher you have to please your boss so you don't you keep your job. It's like job security. I would say higher than a captain in in police and law enforcement. You're a politician at that point. You are a politician. But you so with chain, you also to protect your guys. You also gotta look at if they're at risk of losing that job. You don't know who's gonna replace them. It could be a bigger ass kicker. So better the worst of two evils are better. So that captain might have to, or the w you know, or the W don't. That whatever rank it is. <laughs> still t- I'm trying to. I'm hoping you'd say like, well, yes, I, that. Yeah, well, it is, but it's one of those things that they might have to do something you don't like, so they can keep their spot and keep credibility. Well, and there's also you. something that happens where a good leader sometimes fighting for yourself, like a fucking, you know, gnawing hyena. To not like, I ain't signing that. This is bullshit. Sometimes leadership that really cares about you will write you up for something stupid. So that way, when their bosses say, why don't we have his head on a platter? Yeah. I already punished him. Yeah. Can't punish him again. And it was for something stupid. You know, we, we wrote down a little thing in your file. That's happened to me a couple of times where, you know, leadership has. I'm, yeah, it's happened to you. That's not my <laughs> <laughs> This guy happened to this guy. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but uh, I still think you can be a cop's cop. I but I think but I don't per se know any of them past captain because you don't see him anymore. Yeah, once they like you, know, I don't personally know any. But I, I've had people have issues with captains. I was like, dude, I don't, even, I don't know anything about our because a captain like he can drive by and see something and like a good captain or brass in general or admin. They don't go looking typically to fuck you. A good one doesn't, right? It has to be brought to their attention and like, all right, well, then, you know. Go ahead. I was just going to say the big difference here in in, uh, law enforcement to military now is in the military world, the officers, they could be like a politician and always be like, we had one, we would call him the president because he would go around, shake everybody's hand. He acted like your best friend. He always asked is there anything I could do for you? My door's always open. But next to him, the sergeant major, he was the he was the hammer. Yeah. I don't think that's in law enforcement. There is no sergeant major or first sergeant that he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And because you know, you're not going to go and ask that, uh, ask that lieutenant colonel or that colonel that question because that sergeant major. Will yeah. Fucking yeah, you'll get destroyed. So you. it's really hard in law enforcement because they have to play both roles. That's and, true. And law enforcement, you know, they drive around, they'll see something, then they got to report it to the lieutenant that goes to the sergeant. Yeah. As opposed to in the military, hey, Sergeant Major, you know, Adam was sleeping on here. I saw him do it. The sergeant major is going to go after you. And then the next day, the, the you know, whoever will yeah, be up, shaking shake your hand. hand, like, hey, is there anything I can do? Yeah. They split that yeah. in the military, but in law enforcement, it's, again, it's all CYA and it's you maintaining. You remember having briefings in the military and the captain? My, oh, can you remind me about BWCs? I want to talk about those and I don't want to forget. 
But like this episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just sometimes I forget. But I don't want to sit there with it in my brain because then I can't like think about the conversation. Things. But like, like you'll be sitting there, like you'll have like the battalion briefing with the battalion commander and he'll be like, and before this guy gets there, there'll be like, what, a couple hundred people sitting in the auditorium? Just waiting. And they're like, they'll tell you, do not ask any fucking questions. <laughs> do not ask him shit. You just shake your head and smile. And he'll come in and go, hey, everybody. And he'll do his thing. And go, Does anybody got any questions? Like, no, for real? Nobody? Nobody? <laughs> My door and is like, open. You yeah. can ask me anything. And you just see your, your, your NCOs like find him and you're like no we don't have any but it happens the same thing in briefing rooms yeah. you know uh, admin will come in and go guys and try to boost up morale it's not their fault they're not there they're not boots on ground yeah. they don't know what's going on but you want to tell them yeah the morale's in the fucking toilet and you got to do something about it it ain't going to get any better but you're like nope it's good <laughs> everything's great <laughs> everything's good but seeing the what was the funny thing in the military is sometimes those full birds or colonels or LTCs, they were like, they lost, they were in reality because we had a specialist. So at this little cop, uh, um, at this little cop, we had just cots, just cots. And some places was a mattress and on top of the cot. And this lieutenant colonel came in and he's like, hey, is there anything I can do for you? And, you know, you see the evil E9s looking. <laughs> the specialist comes up and he's like, sir, I'm getting tired of fucking sleeping on a cot. Was this you? No, it wasn't, <laughs> that, wasn't that ballsy. And the lieutenant, he's like, the lieutenant colonel's like, you guys don't have mattresses? Like, he's like, I got a queen size. Like, he thought you know, everybody you, was in an AC unit you, in a queen size Sam, mattress. Sam, you've told this story and it was you that was the person that brought no, I'm telling you, go watch episode two or three. And Sam, Sam's like, it was me. I said it, and I got fucked. <laughs> so, so <laughs> the specialist, the hero, some dummy for that. It was like funny because he thought that we all lived yeah. like him. You guys don't have this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't have a personal assistant. You we, guys don't have your own we, mattresses three times. So he and then. Uh, an 18 wheeler came in and it was all brand new twin size mattresses in the plastics. And you're, and you're saying what you're saying is that he had no problem delivering it. He just had no, he was oblivious to it. Yes. Cause they don't tell them yeah. anything. They it's good in, the, in the law Morale's enforcement. High. Yep. And I mean, in a uh, military, whenever a boss comes in and they say, how the, how the guys, they're like, Oh, they love it. We love being in this war. We love being in 140 degree weather. We love getting Whoa. attacked. We love yeah. being not. We love you know not showering. We love eating MREs. It's great. Well, but like, that's in that's in both cultures, in law enforcement and military. Because when somebody of higher ranking comes and goes, I need a, a status report. Uh, no, they don't want to hear. It's not good, sir. They want. They want to the, hear. They're going to hold them accountable. Everything's good. And so, like, let's say you have a captain. That one. Let's say you have a major, and he wants to know about a specific zone and how it's doing. That captain's going to go and report to him everything that major wants to hear, because guess what that captain wants to be one day? Oh, he wants yeah. to be a fucking major. So, not fucking a major, but he wants to be a major. And <laughs> yeah, he wants to be a major, so he ain't going to make problems for his own career, yeah. right? But he ain't going to go, hey, uh, every single deputy in my fucking, or every single cop in our area is morale's... Because if he does right. say... There's this wrong, whatever's wrong. The major's gonna look at him, and go, 
Okay, yeah. well, what are you doing to pay? Yeah, yeah. well, bro, what, what are, are you doing you, to pay? You're not bringing me. Why do I, what am I paying you for? <laughs> that's, that I'm would, paying for you to yeah, say everything's it's like, good. Like, it's like being in a, in a private company and having like, uh, you know, some kind of job in the company where you assess problems and fix them. Yeah. And that you want to be able to present to the owner of the company the problem that was and what you did to fix it and correct it, right? You're not going to go and say like, oh, we have a fucking problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can I can relate because I the I I own a t-shirt company and I'll bring ideas. It's really irritates me to have people. I still go to some people and ask their opinions about things, but it's it's hard. It's irritating to hear. No, that's not good. Don't do that, or I wouldn't do this if I were you. You want to hear all the time. Yeah. Great. And, you know, and I and I know some people. You guys all included. Kind of way, like, uh, should I give him my opinion? Does it really matter, or should I just make him feel good and be like, yeah, that was really good, you know? <laughs> or is it? Yeah, but you know, it, it, so, but that's that's just good. That's how you, that's how you build a really good product. But that's never gonna happen in in uh, uh, for if um, if admin. If you have a good like top man, if the guy below him isn't good then it just ruins having a good top guy because if you guys are like, you're talking about the mattresses, if it doesn't get to him where he can fix it because you got all these guys in between who aren't good leaders, they just want to they just want to look good. They're ruining it for everybody below them. So what's good is having a good share for Chief if the command staff below him isn't relaying them the correct information. That's correct. And, and then, yeah, leadership. Well, the thing I was going to say about BWCs is I think. Oh, yeah, BWCs. I'm okay. reminding you. You guys, are, I think Sam will probably shit. Sam will probably fucking shit a brick or give you this thing where he goes. <laughs> but there there are agencies out there whose admin that are out on the road just as much as a regular cop don't wear BWCs. Correct. Why is that? And how the fuck do they think that builds morale? I'm if I'm getting not saying I do, but if I were to get a write up for a BWC violation, a, a body worn camera violation, whether I didn't have it on, I didn't turn it on, uh, I said something on it, we're, we're getting in trouble for all kinds of dumb shit for those things. And the guy writing me up doesn't even have to wear a BWC when he's out there. How do I respect yeah. that guy at all? Because I, I think That's I what. believe every uniform police officer and deputy should have a BWC. I think well, but everybody should have one, whether they're uniform or not, well, because when they work off duty. I can understand. Oh, no, no. Everybody has, I'm saying uniform. Listen. What you uniformed. said. Yeah, but. Okay. So uniformed. I, I was thinking. Uniformed. You have a uniform, okay. you have a BWC. Okay. Yeah, okay. And I'm saying like the detectives, that's a different ball game because but they're when building. They, but when they wear the uniform, they got to have theirs on. Yes. When you represent, like when you're going to somewhere a Wawa or something and you're in uniform, I think you should have a BWC for your protection and whoever you're working for is protection. I mean, but I, that, I, I could care less about policies and like what should, 
The fact that that's the whole premise of this episode is that that's leadership, leading from the front. I can't expect my men. How would I expect my men to know how to do and how to utilize a BWC and use it properly and play by all the rules and not violate policy when I don't even have to fucking deal with it? Let's just say not BWC. Let's just say all cameras. Cameras. Yeah, because there's other cameras that people have. I think the funny thing about leadership is most of those cops have been 90s cops and early 2000 cops. How many times have you heard them like, oh, I was a cop back before at BWC. Yeah, we handled yeah. things like cowboys, but yet they're writing you up. <laughs> right? They write you up. I think uniform, when you're wearing the uniform, you should wear a BWC. If you're a detective. You I think th- that like, you think that way because it's, what? why do you? I think that way because let's say a lieutenant it's usually lieutenants and above don't have to wear BWCs. Yeah. I'm thinking that... I, a, I think that's changing soon. But Well, I'm saying generally. Yeah. What you, I've seen in law enforcement, okay, it's usually lieutenants and above. And, and, and they're doing it to not have to do it. We're like fucking seven, eight years into body-worn cameras in law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, I think we could have figured out the issue without, uh, oh, we just can't get enough in for the lieutenants and captains. Like, No, no they don't want them just as much as none of us want them. So they're, you know, they're utilizing whatever they can to not have them. So as a uniform, when civilians, people see a uniform, they don't see a rank. They see the cop. So let's just say a lieutenant, a captain, or a major, somebody in uniform goes into a gas station. That one scenario, they're getting coffee, and then something happens, and they shoot and kill somebody. And (laughs) it happens in the... Oh, you have a microphone. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Okay. How's it going to look so, if they Something, something happens. <laughs> Let's say there's a robbery in the store, and the lieutenant chases that person behind the store, and then there's a shooting. He kills the person, and it's unarmed, but there's no body cam. Or even, even make it less dramatic, just a use of force. But, and there will be riots because they're going to say, did that cop, they're not going to say, did that lieutenant, captain, yeah. or whoever have a body cam? They're going to say, did that cop have a body cam? No. Then they're going to go up because they're corrupt. Yep. They're yeah. trying to hide and stuff. It, and the only reason why is because it hasn't happened yet. I'm pretty there sure. There hasn't been somebody of a- admin or brass that has had to use uh, lethal force or deadly force, kill somebody. And then have to answer for why they didn't have a body worn camera. And all it takes is one in a million time for it to happen it takes luck luck protects law enforcement a lot this is this is why people come to this podcast by the way (laughs) no one in their right mind would talk about this yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't be scared you guys (laughs) i think i aired my grievances out for uh for leadership i mean i've always i've always thought I i had a a job when I was in the mo- what your dog um, when I worked at a movie theater. I remember we wait had- wait wait. What the fuck's wrong? What's what? Wait, go. Sorry. You said it. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I think. Wait, why we wait? Wait, what? Because <laughs> it's the dog. Go ahead. You're in the movie. Yeah, theater. I, I worked at a movie theater behind the behind the in the concession stands. Right, they had this drainage system. Yeah, well, I mean, because, yeah, because shit would fall on the floor, sodas would fall in a, in a busy 
it would just run into the drain. Well, the drains had to be cleaned. And it was like, imagine your sink at the end of doing all the dishes, what that looked like. You know how people just don't like wet food? Yeah. Times like a thousand and black. It was gunk. Mainly old popcorn. But still, and I remember specific I I had though no one wanted to clean those things. At the end of the night they had to be cleaned every night. And I remember I had this girl, I was a shift leader and I had this girl who didn't want to do it and she told me no. And I had to go in front of her and clean them myself and I was like oh, my dog's gonna come in now. The next fucking time you you're cleaning these because I did and she did. I don't, that wasn't a really good story. It's yeah, kind of better. Was, I get what you're saying though. You're leading by example. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that better not get edited out. Yeah. Kendra's gonna be in bed. So who's this girl at the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't come in. Come here, Bubba. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Because he's no, super. He's not gonna. Go, he he'll sit right here. Come here. He hasn't seen me for two days. So. Yeah, you're a pretty bad dog owner. Wow. I'm just kidding. But um uh I forgot what I was gonna say. Well I'll say wait, what were you talking about besides the movies? Besides uh, like the movies. Fucking leadership doesn't I, lead by example. I'm gonna say people. uh I don't know how much oh, time that's oh that was another subject. I feel that <clears throat> in law enforcement and we can't like say this. But in law enforcement, it sucks because it's like you feel sometimes it's you versus the people and then you versus the leadership. Oh, bro. That's the whole reason why people leave. Dude, I probably shouldn't say this. But it's like it it should be in leadership. It's like it's us together. Yeah. And, you know, we do. Our job is to help people and protect people. But at the end, there are people that want us fired and killed. Like, that's our job. We can be eating a sandwich and someone shoots and kills us. Like, that's the stressful part of the job. The leadership, like, shouldn't add on to it. Oh, 100%. But that's why people leave, because they're, they're tired of fighting a front from the front and the back. Yeah. It's like fighting two fronts when you're going to work. You got you to gotta worry about people killing you, and then you got to worry about every single decision being fucking ripped open by brass. Yes. Everything from... Oh, I brake too hard. I set off the camera in my car. Now I have to answer to that, even though I didn't do anything fucking wrong. Yeah. You know, or... I was staring out the window, so I was distracted like, driving. Like, bro, like, that stupid shit that, oh, hey, man, we got to talk to you about it. Like, I'm the type of person where, like, if I, like, I'm hard on myself. So if you bring something to my attention, I'm upset because... Yeah. And then I have to start realizing most of the shit they're bringing to me is fucking stupid, and they shouldn't be. So then I get a bad attitude, and I'm like... I've told supervision before. I'm like, why are you bringing this to me? Why are you bringing this to me? I was like, because I, what's gonna what's I, gonna happen is I was there for one. You're going. Which one? Well, you got talked to, and then the sergeant was like, "Well, we're, I'm leading off with this. You didn't violate policy, but and then you were like, well, so why are we talking about it uh, if I didn't violate yeah. policy? <laughs> but yeah, and then well, uh, what'll happen is is I'll get so many of these talking to that the one second where you're on your back. And I hesitate getting there because I didn't want to set off something in my car. You're dead. Yeah. Because I hesitated because and it's not it, it went from the whole like oh cops are getting shot because they're hesitating to pull the trigger. That's one thing. Now cops are hesitant to be cops because whether you want to admit it or not, there is a time 
in your brain where everything goes out the window. Yeah. You're running off of keeping yourself alive or keeping your buddies alive or keeping somebody else alive. Uh, what are our policies? Um, pretty much they're guidelines and they can be broken. What do you, what, what would you call that? When there's times yeah. when this policy is not going to work because you have to do something else. Right, and those are the times. circumstances. Thanks, but I can't even say I, that I knew it, but I didn't want to mispronounce exigent, it, so I just let you struggle. Circum- exigent circumstances, right? <laughs> it's that it's that point zero one percent of our job where you don't want clouded judgment and you don't want hesitation, and all of this now. Our current leadership, like you've got a sergeant that is awesome, and yeah. you got and you got sergeants. And leaders in an apartment, and you'll bring up their name, and people will be like, "Oh, bro, that's a dude." Yeah, that's a dude. But they're all on their way out. I mean, got, we don't have a lot longer. I can't complain about my supervisors now. I've had. Oh, a, I love my supervisors. Yeah, now. I'm happy as hell. I love them. And that that so you'll probably not go anywhere for a while. I and I will take care of them. Yep. They told so like even like things like the number games because they want supervisors can't say hey yeah I you, want you can't this have a amount of yeah you can't have quotas. But However, they have a happy number. And I'll say, you tell me. And that was a, another thing is just be straight with me. Yeah. I'll do it. Make you happy. And you take care of me. And that's what I do. Yeah. They what tell do you me, want from me? Yeah. <laughs> so that I can make you happy and then you will take care of me. But there's this like, oh, well, I can't technically. Say yeah. <laughs> just tell me. If you had a favorite number, what would it be? <laughs> just fucking tell me. And I'll do it. And then I'll keep you happy and you keep you off my back. But they can't, you know, because law enforcement. Going back to yours, though, with the cameras, we had a, I had a trainee, and we were going to one of those calls where a, a guy was fighting in a not good area, wasn't answering his radio. They upgrade the backup. They uh, call for the city to come help, come help, too. We're all flying. Oh, no, when you say that, you mean another agency. Yeah, another city agency to, to come help. My wife just dropped the dog. Come here, Boomer. So... My trainee came with experience, so he knew what he was doing when he was driving with lights and sirens. So we go, come up to a stoplight. It's red, and the city jurisdiction flew by going perpendicular to us. So he had the green light. He flew by. So my trainee came to almost a complete stop, just so close to a complete stop, and then gunned it and followed him. He knew he could clear the whole intersection. Everything was good. Same thing next intersection. That the city in front of us who's going to back up our guy in a fight cleared that intersection super quick without coming to a complete stop, but safely. And my trainee did even more, came to a more complete stop and we still got uh, a talking <laughs> to What? <laughs> that, that, that was, I think you could have phrased that whole story better. Probably, but it's it even more <laughs> consistent, frequent stop. <laughs> Anyways, so, I can't complete stop anymore. <laughs> Yeah, Sam's looking at you with disapproval. But so my my supervisor is like, "Hey, you can't be. Uh, you got to come to a complete stop. We're going to a deputy not answering his radio. Yeah. Oh, you need to come to. A complete it's like stop. one of those things. Like trust the fact that I fucking know. But there's gonna be a time yeah. or two where I don't give a fuck about coming to a complete stop. I'm gonna California that shit. Yes, California rule that Safely. shit. When someone's in a fight and not answering the radio, right? Oh. But. And you have to have the fucking nutsack as a supervisor to know I'm not going to bring this to my deputy because he's going out there every night risking his life and doing all this. And I'm not going to put that on him. I'm going to handle it because yes. I know my deputy. 
oh, I, I'm sorry, man. I got to have this conversation yeah. with you. Like, no, you don't. So his, his reason was, what would have happened if you got in a crash on the way there and that deputy would have been perfectly fine? I looked down and go, what would have happened if I came to a complete stop and I missed getting that deputy by half a second and he's dead? He's like, oh, I like the way you think. That's a good way to think. Just come to a complete stop. And like, he agreed with me. Yeah. And then still said, you still just need to. Why are we having this conversation? Yeah. So, same thing happened with, that was a corporal. Same thing happened with that same squad with my sergeant where I was going to the shooting. I rolled through a red light and the sergeant's like, hey, you had a drive cam activation. I cleared it because, or you had a camera activation and I cleared it because you were going to an officer involved shooting. That was it. He's like, you're good. I knew what you're doing. So, mm-hmm. well, I gotta um, I gotta plug shell shock before we're done. So oh, I well, forget shell just, shock. You don't know. Jesus I'm gonna. Christ. You're gonna be. It's gonna be cropped over your face <laughs> the whole time during this. Well, during, the, to just to close out in the leadership is if you're coming into law enforcement with the sole goal to promote, you're not gonna be a good. Leader. Oh yeah, those I've people. Met plenty, hey, what do you want to do? I just want to promote as quick as I can. James, our buddy. He says, and he's so right, that you should know. Hey, our mic's not working. Fuck, what is it? James. Oh, yeah, James said. Uh, Who's James? James? I can't say his last name. What so was spelled with a Y. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is. I started realizing I want to plug my friends because they might like the, they might like the recognition of saying cool shit, but. Um, he said that you you'll know when it's time for you to promote when somebody tells yes. you you should promote. That's mm-hmm. when you know. All right, I need to promote until someone suggests it to you. If not multiple people, yeah. don't promote because you're doing it for yourself. And as like you said, you're gonna be an awful fucking leader. And you'll probably be a good supervisor. You're selfish. The yeah. bare minimum requirement isn't made for that guy that's brand new who came in became a cop. It's made for the guy who came from another agency, came with like huge or just. It's not made for a guy just to promote straight up the chain of command. Yep. That's true. That's a great yeah. answer. If you, yeah, I agree. So anyway, I've, I've had at least two people in the last year when I was helped train, they said all they want to do is promote as quick as they can. Why? Like you said, it's just for themselves. It's not to take care of other deputies. Sam, final comments. On the, you get to close out the whole episode. No. <laughs> the great closing. I don't think, because um, I I like the the comments. I don't think uh, young people should be supervisors. No, the actually the best thing I've heard is you're still a new cop fi- until you're five years I've in. I've never agreed with that. I've never realized that until I hit five years, yeah. and I get it. And as a new cop, you will not get this. You can try and understand it. You can respect it. At five years, it's like something clicks in your head, and you realize. This is police work, and then you decide how much of a cop you're going to be. Yeah. Right? That's the time when people go, I'm just answering calls because I don't care what you say, how you say it, how mad you get. The cop that does nothing but respond to his calls and do his job makes the same amount of money. The cop that goes out there and risks all the the injuries, risks his job, risks his life to, to be proactive. They make the same a fucking amount of money. So I'm not saying, because we caught a lot of heat when we talked about it on our episode. I'm not saying we're those cops at all. No, but... But you, it is a fact. You got to respect them. Right? Yeah. It, it is a fact. You know, we're all pretty much still... Well, I don't want to speak for everybody. I'm still out there. You know, I'm not too cynical. But I'm also not 
uh, five years, you kind of realize, like, okay, this is the type of cop I'm going to be. Some cops go, fuck this shit. Yeah. Some cops just quit. And then some cops, like we know, they just say, fuck it. And they full send hoping they make it to yeah. retirement. And they're just out there getting it and getting it and getting it. And it works for them. They just, I hope, I hope for them that it doesn't, you know, they don't slip up. Yeah. That's a, I didn't want to be a cop or an FTO. I don't think I became an FTO until I was five, six years in. I think five years in is when I became an FTO. And I, it, you shouldn't be able to be able to be an FTO within no. one or two years. That's, you're still, I mean, you're always still learning, but you're still drinking through a fire hose at two years. You shouldn't be able to train yeah, someone else. Yeah, but they don't else. have. And that's, I do get that. They I understand. Have. I think smaller agencies probably have a better FTO program because they have to, people there know they have to be on patrol for a very long time. Yeah. They, they are cool with it. That's part of the gig. So, therefore, you get an FTO that's got seven, eight, nine years on. Yeah. That's what you need. And these big agencies where people are doing a minimal of time, amount of time on the road and they're moving to another unit, you know, to get off the road, that's the mentality. Yeah. That's the culture. The whole is, reason you're a cop. I mean, as 100% what I did, but as soon as I could, but. I mean, but you've been a cop for a yeah. long time. Yeah, we're talking new kids that are like, the, the, these new kids that'll come in. That 21 are like, oh, years old. I need to get off the road. Yeah, like, they're 21. I, they do two years bitch, on the what? road. <laughs> yeah. This is too much. I need to get, I need to get into a proactive unit. Like, And there's some I've met. So out of 100, I've met. You know, one or two that are like, "Hey, I, I know I need yeah. to be on the road." Everyone's gonna come to you and go, "Cause I, <laughs> and you're gonna tell everybody, yep." <laughs> I've met those one or two that are like, "I do understand that I need to be on yeah. the road to be better." But then there's the ones that you know, and they're younger, and I know they think that they, they know the job, they think they're doing mm. fine. No, you're not. Because you don't know if you if you're a cop for two years and you're really good at something. DUI, narcotics, whatever it is, and then you go to that unit, and that's all you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I want to promote. Then you come back as a supervisor, but you didn't remember how to do domestic. You were never good at doing domestics. You're never doing it missing people. We just circled back to our first topic because yeah. I was about to say. But it, I would say the craziest thing about the cop world is everything that's related to the cop world, um, like Attorneys and judges, everything, everybody has like six, seven years of college of training into that one profession, and we have seven months yeah. of training. Yeah, like it's like literally like 265 hours. Yeah. Did you know in the state of Florida, now, now every agency has their own training program, whether it be two weeks or three months, and then you go through FTO, which could be anywhere from two to four months, you know. So you do get a lot of training. Yeah. However, the state requires a fucking hairdresser. Do have more time? I've heard, I've heard that. A fucking what do you call him? What do you call a hairstylist? A cosmet cosmetology school yeah. has more required hours than law enforcement. If you and if you're trying to do some more liberal law page is going to find this and use it. <laughs> well, I think to be a good leader, you have to be calm, collective, show respect, and have knowledge and have the experience and have age with it to be a good leader. Yeah. There, yes, there are exceptions when there is that kid who's 25 and he knows every, he he's just really good at it. Yes, Very there's exceptions to everything in life, but in generally, in generally, generally, generalized, in general, in generalized, 
you need to have all what I just said the first sentence. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to plug Shell Shock, but the only reason why it's not... Shell Shock is a PTSD charity and awareness event. It's a concert. We've got a bunch of bands booked. It is happening. Venues booked. Uh, what we're doing right now, and this is I'm going to put it over Sam's face so you can't see him, is we're trying to find sponsors. So we have a uh, presented by a sponsor package and then supporting sponsor packages. So if you don't want to pay two grand to have the whole shebang, a lot, a lot more perks, the whole fucking concert's presented by your company. If you just want to be a part of it, have your name out there and get some of the standard perks, there's a $500 package. And this money goes to pay for the uh, all the sound, stage, and lighting that we had to rent. It's uh, It equals out to a lot more than I thought it was. So again, the ticket sales are going to go to charity. So essentially, we're trying not to use any of the ticket sales to pay for that stuff. The bands on board haven't asked for a cent. It'd be nice to pay them. Um, the headliner I'll have to pay, obviously. He's going to be coming from another state. But uh, but the other bands, even a, there's another band coming from Virginia that hasn't asked for a fucking dime. It'd be nice to give them a little pushback or a little Travel kickback money. for... You know, they're staying the night and the plane tickets and everything. So, again, if you know anybody that would want to sponsor this event, it's going to be in Orlando. Uh, hit me up. I, I want to bring in companies that want to be here. I really don't want to bring in companies that don't care about first responders, veterans, or PTSD in general. Veteran, veterans or... Where's Shell Shock? Buddy, I'll fill you in. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you should have done this bit in the beginning and also at the end. Well, it's we got a while. We got a while before it. It's on June third. It's in June, so. Okay, I'm that person that's telling you you're doing. I'm giving you the pushback. <laughs> <laughs> you should do this also in the beginning of the episode and the end. Okay. All right. So do this Bleh. in the beginning. And then the so end. should we like just start all over at the end of this and pretend we're in the beginning? No. Ne- next you cut episode. it and copy and paste. Right. Next episode, I'll probably shoot a commercial for it because I'm not really trying to promote the event right now. I haven't even. Uh, announce the bands i'm just trying to get awareness for sponsors in case anybody's like oh i know a realtor that would actually like that 500 hundred dollar package because they're trying to target the demographics of first responders and veterans i know a realtor what i said i know a realtor really must have been the worst because it took you like years to get (laughs) (laughs) no Uh, that's not his fault that's not (laughs) he's a Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the uh, that was the yeah the development company. Yeah, they were oh, yeah. horrible. That's why no, I got no, my I, land pretty quick. It just took me two years to get my house. All right, we're out. Peace. Peace.